Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Calzo with Chronicles of the End Times. Thank you for joining us today. Today, our topic is the Antichrist. And that is a subject that I'm sure uh, you have heard much about, uh, good and bad and ugly, uh, truth and fiction. And today, we're going to try to clear some of the fiction up and just go with what the Bible has to say about the Antichrist, who he is, what his origins are, is he Christian or is he Jew, and what purposes does he have to come into this world. So let's think about the word Antichrist to start off with. We know that the enemy likes to duplicate and pervert what God has already created. I heard it through the years, being a musician, you know, that the devil created rock and roll and the devil created music and... God is the only creator. What we do with it, what the devil does with it, we can pervert things. We can change their wholesome and good objectives and turn them into something else. That is what we do best, unfortunately, as human beings. And certainly the devil does that as well. But God is the only creator. And what the devil likes to do is mimic God. He likes to mimic what he does, and so he can draw people in and deceive them. We have to remember that deception, which is what the Antichrist is going to all be about, deception always has a little bit of truth in it, just enough measure of truth to get someone to believe it. And that's why there's so many cults today. That's why people have followed other Antichrists in the past, and we think of uh, Koresh, and we think of Sungmon Moon, and so many others that have come along, and we think of the disasters that have happened because of them, because there's a little bit of truth in that deception, and a little bit of truth in the deception of the occults, and it gets people involved and pulls them in. Why? Because they don't know the truth. Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. So it's very important that we don't lift up the Antichrist, that we don't get Antichrist crazy, you know. I mean, some people do. You know, they read book after book about him and what it's going to be like. And and, and that's to me, is a little bit strange. And we should be focusing on the coming of the real Messiah, Jesus Christ. So as we look at it, we know that Antichrist obviously is against Christ or the opposite of Christ, uh, as most of us think of it. Um, So who is this individual? And we know that from the very beginning, God in Genesis spoke through and said in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise and tread your head underfoot, and you will lie in wait and bruise his heel. The word enmity in the Hebrew is translated hatred or hostility. And so we see that through this prophecy, there is a built-in hatred and hostility that the Antichrist will have for God, for God's people, and for all of God's creation. There's a scripture in Genesis chapter 49 where Jacob is blessing his children and his children's children. 
And that kind of parallels this prophecy in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It says in verse 17, Dan shall be a serpent by the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that its rider shall fall backwards. And there are some who believe that the Antichrist will be of the tribe of Dan because of this. And also because in Revelation chapter 7, where the 144,000 are sealed, Dan is not mentioned in the tribes of Israel. Later on in Revelation, Dan is mentioned and restored. So this could be, I mean, he will come from some tribe and he will be recognized as the Messiah by the Jewish people, by Israel, and by the Gentiles as well, but more like a king than a Messiah. They're not looking for a Messiah, but Israel is. And so there could be that the Antichrist will come from the tribe of Dan. Uh, We have no real absolute proof of that, but it is interesting that the wording is so very close between these two prophecies. So we know that down the line, the Lord has prophesied about a Messiah that would come, a true Messiah, who was Jesus Christ. And he would crush the head of the enemy through his sacrifice, through his blood sacrifice and its resurrection, and giving us the power, as Paul says, to pull down strongholds, spiritual strongholds. And he has given us that power and that authority in Jesus' name. And he also spoke about another person that would come along, the seed of the devil himself, In my recent class, I had uh, someone come up to me after the class and ask me if I thought that the woman who gives birth to this Antichrist figure would know that this is an evil person or to be the Antichrist. And uh, this person is going to be born into the world, a regular human being, but obviously earmarked uh, for destruction. The term son of perdition is only mentioned twice in the Bible. And it's mentioned once for Judas and once for the Antichrist. In Judas' situation, he was at the Last Supper, as you may know, and Satan entered him, the scripture says, and he went off to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. So we only see that term, son of perdition, used twice, once for the Antichrist, once for Judas, and in both cases, we see that Satan entered each one of them to do the work that he wanted to do. But he won't be a supernatural being, you know, like, you know, you see some of these movies, like, you know, Rosemary's Baby and all this kind of stuff. No, that's not going to be the way it is. He will become inspired just like any other horrible leader in our history. You know, we think of Hitler right off the bat and Stalin and those who have um, caused great, grief and harm to this world and great devastation. Uh, So he will be born into this world with those attributes that will lead him to that type of leadership, the charismatic leadership in a natural sense. But somewhere down the line, and the scripture is clear as where that will be, he will change and actually become incarnate evil. But let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 13. 
It's interesting that the Word, the Lord in the Word, always has warnings for us. He always has instruction for us that we might be cautious, that we might be wise. Nothing should take us by surprise if we're studying the Word of God, because the Lord lays out everything we need to know. Not everything is revealed, and we have to be careful in Bible prophecy. Some some of us out there uh, like to have the answers for everything. Well, we don't have the answers for everything. That'd be nice, I guess, but what we have is a lot of answers, but we don't have everything. God holds some unknowns for himself. But in this case, God has given us a lot in his word. So in Deuteronomy chapter 13, he warns Israel, verse 1, If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go serve other gods, which you have not known. Verse 3 says, You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. I can't think of a greater description of the coming of the Antichrist and the purpose of the Antichrist, but to test the world. Revelation 3.10, Jesus is talking to the church of Philadelphia. He says, I'm going to keep you because you've been faithful. I'm going to keep you from the hour of temptation and trial that's going to come upon the whole world. So God is going to test the whole world and find those who are interested only in serving themselves and not him. And so here's the first warning that comes forth. And also in the New Testament, Paul gives the warning very similar to the Old Testament warning about the false prophet, about the one who comes and does signs and wonders and says, let's go follow other gods. Let's look at it together. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 9, and I'm going to read it from the uh, Amplified Bible. It says, The coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, is through the activity and working of Satan, and will be attended by great power with all sorts of pretended miracles, signs and delusions and marvels, all of them lying wonders, and by unlimited seduction to evil, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they did not welcome the truth, but refused to love it, that they might be saved. Therefore God sends upon them a misleading influence, a working of error and a strong delusion, to make them believe what is false. So here we see the Old Testament and the New Testament in agreement about this individual, about this so-called prophet, this person who's going to come to deceive the world. You might say to yourself, wow, you know, if God's going to give people the delusion, then they don't really have a choice. But see, the choice was already made. And as we know, if you want something really bad and you just keep hammering away at it, you know, and God is restraining you and holding you back, but you're just, you know, you're determined. You're going to get that thing. You know, sometimes the Lord just lets it go. And he says, go ahead, because he wants us to learn a lesson. He wants us to understand that, okay, you, you wouldn't listen to me. I tried to warn you. So now the only way you're going to learn is by having a bad experience. And it's unfortunate, but it happens, and it happens to all of us. So here in this situation, the, po- the people that live during this time, they're going to embrace the Antichrist. 
they're going to want everything that he wants to give them because it's the desires of their heart, the desire of their flesh. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about serving God. They care about what this new king is going to give them. And so now we see that the Old Testament and New Testament have warned about great signs and wonders. So signs and wonders are not the only thing that we should follow. I'm all about miracles, the real ones from Jesus. I've experienced them in my own life. But the Word of God is most important for us, and it's going to be most important for those who live during that time to discern between the two. In Revelation chapter 13, it's probably something that most people haven't read, but most people have heard about in some form or another, and that's the mark of the beast, where the Antichrist, this figure, this world leader who's come on the scene, makes everyone, small and great, rich and poor, uh, receive this mark so they can buy or trade. And this mark, according to the Word of God, goes on the hand or the forehead. Now, it's interesting to note that in Exodus chapter 13, the Lord wants them to take the Word and to wear it on their wrist or wrap it on their head and have it between their eyes on their forehead. And many times you will see... uh, If you live in an area where there's a lot of Jewish folks and you see them uh, on the way to synagogue or you see them uh, occasionally uh, praying, you will see them wearing these little boxes with this that are have, you know, scriptures in them, you know, upon their forehead and upon their right hand. These are called phylacteries. And it's interesting to see once again that the Antichrist. Well, the devil likes to mock the things of God. So here he tells him in Exodus 13, this is what I want you to do, to remember the word and to remember that I delivered you from Egypt and remember me and that I am the awesome God and you're to follow the word. So here the Antichrist comes right back and he says, you know what, okay, I'm going to make you wear this mark, which means you're mine and you'll wear it on your forehead or you'll wear it on your hand. And so we keep seeing over and over again how the devil likes to try to stick it to God. He likes to try to take what God meant for good and turn it to make it for evil. But in the end, God always wins out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're going to continue this discussion in our next podcast. We're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 12 and 13. And I hope this has been a blessing to you. And if you haven't had opportunity yet, please check out the two-part series On the Edge of Time, available on Amazon.com. So until next time, God bless. Talk to you soon.